0: Culture and psychology with Tavana. A very warm hello to our Radio Bombdad listeners. I'm sitting with uh, my friend and my colleague, Dr. Alexandrati. Today uh, we are still missing our other friend, Dr. Daniel Rockers. And uh, we definitely are missing him more because he always puts questions uh, into our head. <laughs> and Alex and I continue responding to Dr. Rocker's questions. So um, today, uh, Dr. Rocker uh, is not here. Therefore, we're going to fill uh, his absence By just me and Dr. Andrade talking to you guys. So, uh, Dr. Andrade, before we started our session, was talking about um, home. Yesterday, we touched base on home in regard to how our body, soul, spirit, and mind works. But today, we specifically want to talk about home. Uh, we know that everywhere we are, whether we go to the best vacation, when we come back home, we feel like, ah, oh, we are home. Uh, it's always home, sweet home. We ha- They have songs about this. They have pieces of writing about this. And we have experienced ourselves, different homes that we've been in, the home we grew up and then the home we individually are living or the home we are living with the relationship that we have with the home that we raise our children or raised our children. And now with the elderly, maybe that they move to another place, they all are at different times, uh, the place that we felt comfort, we we felt good, and uh, some maybe not so good, depending on the situation. So we want to open up this conversation today.
1: Yeah, this is such a, I think it's such a broad topic, but it's one that I'm actually very interested in very passionate about, and just even personally and professionally, just even thinking of like, what does it mean to touch and in, tap into that sense of home? I think both and uh, thinking like emotionally, even physically uh, and mentally, you know, what does, what symbolizes a home? I think one of the first things that uh, stands out is even like physically what, what represents a home? Um, I've lived in California most of my life, but uh, when I did live in uh, Illinois and Chicago is interesting one of the things I noticed in a lot of people's homes is they had a basement and it would be like a furnished basement. So it would be their living room. And it was the strangest thing to me because like in California, we don't really have a lot of basements that are like our living rooms. Um, We we build up, we don't build down. Um, And so like a basement was always kind of this like weird idea to me. And even just being able to see how central it was to a person's, uh, to to families homes you know i was like oh no this is a living room like this isn't like the the basement and they're like yeah no this is the basement but it's our living room and it was just so different to see even that like physically how do people uh you know acclimate to those environmental differences in regards to what a home uh, looks like and you know sometimes people have a one story home or two story home or a townhouse or a studio uh you know it's I, i'm always impressed by how a person can make a studio feel like a a big space, like a, even a, a separate space. Uh, I myself have uh, not lived in a studio. I've, I've said I need separate rooms. I need to be able to be like, this is the dining room. This is the living room. This is the bedroom and have that, you know, demarcated by that physical space. And, and, and each of those spaces give me something different. Um, I know even like, if I'm wanting to be productive, like I'm not going to get any work done. If I'm you know, on my laptop in my room, I'm going to probably be shopping or something like that, where if I'm on the couch, I'll be a little bit more productive, but I know I'm probably not going to get as much done if I was at the dining table. And so again, there's nothing magical about either of those spaces, but the level of comfort that's associated with that physical kind of aspect of those things. And so, yeah, I think it's so interesting. And what, physically even, do we identify as home and those different spaces that we use in our home as well?
0: Interesting. As you were talking, Alex, I was just thinking the way the homes are built in different parts of even United States, you go to East part, you know, the building is a different setup, even outside the building, the elevation is different. And inside is different. Usually there's two stories in the east, and uh, the rooms are divided the way you are describing. And I think uh, in California, this idea started uh, one big room, and everything is in one big room. Uh, I'm uh, the opposite of you, Alex. I like no walls. I like you know to see the whole house you not know, all in except the bedroom separated but everything because i feel like you know the openness is so great uh, it gives you more I guess, brightness, uh, light, and, and, uh, you know, it's different. But absolutely, you know, you're talking about basement, you know, especially when you go to East, or even some houses here that uh, there's a lot of stairs down. And then you go to the basement, usually it's a playroom, or they put games and, and things like that. But, living room uh, has been always uh, in our culture for uh, the guests and usually it's the, your best you know decoration your best uh, plates your best stuff is always uh, there it used to be at least when i was growing up i remember you know you put your best for the guests and um and then uh, in even older time, probably when my parents' time, the homes were always in two parts. Uh, and the uh, actually yard was between the two parts. The outside was for the guest, kitchen, guest room, and then living room. And then you would come to the middle, which was uh, whether it was a little pond or we call the pound hose, or and then you you would walk into the yard and then go to the actual house. So even when we were talking about this, I was just thinking how interesting it was in the uh, old days, uh, maybe during my parents time or before that even strangers, even, um, you know, the more distance guests would not come to the inside. They would just go to the building, which is a distance from the house that you were in. So it just tells you a lot about the culture that how, for example, in old days, they were closed culture and especially, you know, in uh, areas that um, women were not supposed to be out and about, and they were always inside. And men were the ones that they would go outside. But even for the kitchen, usually was somewhere that uh, even the outsiders or guests could really see what's going on in the kitchen. So how different we have developed from those old days to new um, era. And now even the kitchen is somewhere that is open to everybody. Even when you have guests, the kitchen is there. So it's interesting to talk about the culture part and how this has evolved into what we see so differently nowadays.
1: Yeah, a lot of times I find in a lot of cultures like the kitchen is like the hub of the space Uh, that's where everybody kind of centers around it reminds me one time when i was living in chicago uh, i went i got invited to a party and uh, it was um, uh, this african-american woman that i worked with and uh, it was funny because she was telling me she's like just so you know like you might be the only mexican person there and i was like i don't care like i'm you know i get along with everybody like I'm, i'm i don't care what race, ethnicity, like I, you know, you're good people. I want to spend time with you. It's always been my mentality. And so it was funny because when I went over there, Uh, I was one of a handful of other people who weren't African-American, but being Mexican-American, it was kind of similar in culture in regards to when I was hanging out with people and talking, we kept gravitating towards the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And so we would be in the kitchen, you know, kind of picking at the food and talking and laughing. and, And to the point too, where my friend, she came in she was like, why are you guys in the kitchen? Like, I cooked in here and it's like a mess, like go into the living room or go into the the dining room, like go to, you know, uh, even there's the family room sometimes, uh, uh, what you mentioned that idea of the living room being maybe more formal, but the family room being where people hang out. But she was like, go anywhere else, but the kitchen. And so we would like get like, you know, ushered out of the kitchen, but then five minutes later, like somebody went to go get something and then somebody followed and then I followed. And then before we know it, we're all in the kitchen again. And it just felt comfortable. And so um, a lot of times too, I find, you know, when, when my family is together and we're talking, um, we're in the dining room or we're in the kitchen um, kind of talking. And sometimes even if we're in each other's way, we're still just in that space kind of talking and connecting. There's just something about it where, there's so much life often in the kitchen, like you're cooking or you're cleaning, um, or you're getting something somebody to drink, you know. And so, um, you know, you, even if you do go sit down, you're going to end up kind of right there eventually again, anyway.
0: Yeah, they always say people gather wherever the food is, you know, just <laughs> gravitate, people gravitate towards the food, yeah. even if they're not beginners, you know, it's just like. The smell of food, and when you talk about homes, I have a couple of friends who are realtors and they sell homes Mm -hmm. or they buy homes. They often say, if you wanna sell your house or they talk about their experiences. And in each field that you work, you obviously know ins and outs of it. And they always say homes goes fast for sale. When there's cooking, especially baking in there, you invite people, you come and it just attracts people uh, to the home. And the warmth and the smell of uh, baking, it just brings people to a point that they like that house and they don't even realize why they like it so psychologically all these factors affects you when you um, want to buy your house so it's interesting that how much every little thing psychologically affects us without even thinking about it because of the environment and effective environment in our mind. Um, so home is a place that last time we talked about it, but we touch base really briefly. But today we want to emphasize on that. And we started from the actual appearance of the house or or the way we, we build inside of the home. But we want to come back and talk more about other parts of being at home. So Shvandagana Sisa Radio Bomda, Man Saide, Malikapsaliya Sam, Baham Rohed Hamkaram, Dr. Alexandra Dem Rustar Khid hastim. Hastem Modi Ruzik Ghesmati as of ارتباط بدن با ذهن و روحمون صحبت کردیم و در مورد خونه و این شیرینی بودن در خونه صحبت کردیم امروز صحبت اختصاصیمون به طور کلی راجبه خونه هست که ما میدونیم به انگلیسی بهش هم میگیم و ما داریم راجبه اون صحبت کنیم و قسمت اول برنامه راجبه این صحبت کردیم که اصلا فیزیکال اپیرنس خونه به چه صورت و رفتیم توی تاریخ بعضی از جاها چه در امریکا چه در خارج از امریکا و حالا برمیگردیم میگردیم و صحبتمونو باز به زبان انگلیسی ادامه میدیم اگر کسانی در منزل هستن که فکر میکنین از برنامه ای ما به زبان انگلیسی استفاده بیشتر میکنن دعوتشون کنین روزهای شنبه و ی شنبه از ساعت 12 تا یکی بعد از ظهر به برنامه کالچر اند سایکولوژی توجه کنن برمیگردیم بعد دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم Dr. Alexandra. And um, as we started and talked about Dr. Rocker's not being with us today, um, you know,
1: I was, I wanted to add on that. Yeah. I was going to, in in, in true Dr. Rocker's fashion, I was thinking maybe we can start with a question. Uh, So (laughs) in thinking of this topic, Uh, As I imagine Dr. Rockers would, uh, the topic that came to mind, we touched earlier on the idea of like building a home as far as like what goes into that. So the question that I came up with, and hopefully Dr. Rockers will be proud of me, um, what's one of the first things that you think of that you have to start building your home? What is that first piece of furniture? What is that first piece of belonging, uh, big or small, that has for you maybe, or, or you think for others, makes it start to feel like home?
0: Oh, uh, that's a good question. I've never talked about that. Those are exactly like Daniel Rockers.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> I was thinking, what would Daniel ask us in this moment? That's a hard question that I don't even have the answer to, honestly. Um, but yeah, I, I think I
0: would probably say because I like space. Mm-hmm. I I just love bigger space i definitely want a big bedroom it just brings uh, more calmness to me maybe uh, i like tall ceilings so i have more uh, air to breathe mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then i like a large kitchen you know uh so i love when i'm cooking i have a space to put the stuff and it's not on the way so i know small kitchen just made my hands tight in doing <laughs> things so these are the two areas i think is important for me to be big mm-hmm. and i always love to have guests over that's mm-hmm. why i always you know my husband always jokes as soon as we are talking about something i go and if people come, then, the, and then my husband always <laughs> says, have you ever said something about us? you always talk about guests. Yeah. And I would probably love to have big area for a greeting guest, uh, you know, gatherings, big gatherings, outside, inside, so that I can throw parties.
1: Yeah, well, that that's the other thing, and maybe we could talk about that next. I was gonna kind of, th- I was thinking about how what what does it mean to open our house up to others, and what that's like for each of us. Um, but in back to that Daniel Rocker's question, uh, I think I fall into the kind of maybe stereotypical technology slash guy person um, in, in the sense of like I need a big TV, like I want like a huge TV. I feel like I've, there's been times where I haven't had a big TV. And it just feels like it's missing something. And so it's not until like, I have that like entertainment kind of system or those things such as like speakers and and TV that I can feel like, oh, I could be comfortable now. So for me, that's like a central part of like enjoying my home, is being able to like watch a good movie, listen to music. Um, there's something that's like, very central about that uh, for me to feel like this is my home in that way. If I don't have that, I, I've noticed it's just like I'm waiting to feel more more comfortable in that way. Uh, but but, <laughs> but I wanted to go. Is it a men thing? I I mean, I I think I've heard women too, you know, wanting that in their home, you know, again, maybe for that purpose of like entertaining and being able to, you know, feel entertained in that way. Uh, I think men historically kind of fall into that, you know, there's the idea of the man cave. Where a man will have a certain part of the house, sometimes outdoors, as we talked about, maybe the difference between, you know, inside and outside uh, a a man having a certain space for himself, maybe a basement or, uh, you know, I've seen like patios get transformed into man caves where it's like they have that space just for them. Um, And and again, that's maybe something relates to home in regards to when couples, Uh, mature together, uh, you know, that's something too, where they kind of have and want maybe their own space. Uh, And so wanting to be separate in that way, have their man cave or a woman having her space, and then being able to reunite and connect. So that way, we're not, you know, again, that's what I always think of a studio, we're not constantly staring at each other nonstop, we have our own kind of respective spaces, and we can come back and be happy to be in that shared space together.
0: Yes, I'm with you on that. And also, um, this is my own personal experience. When you go from a small house that you have to a bigger house, at first seems like it's cold. It mm. doesn't have that warmth. It doesn't have that feeling of being together. It seems like, you know, things are apart. But then when you get used to it, it's so different again. And uh, it's interesting that your perception of, you uh, space and how it changes over time um, by experiencing it and I remember I had um, a student long ago that you know usually students come to school and they share and as soon as they come to see you if they like you and they have that connection they start sharing things from their home and I remember one of the students just ran to me and says, hey Mrs. M, you know what?" We got a new home but you know we don't actually see each other because everybody now has their own rooms. Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, so that's great so you have your own room." And goes I don't like it because it's just so lonely. Everybody is in their rooms before, uh, you know, there were three uh, kids in the family. So all three of us were were in our room doing homework together, you know, doing different things, playing together. Now, each of us have separate room. I don't like it. And it was so funny because I thought, well, people, usually kids want their own room, but... I guess in elementary, maybe it's different, you know, when you're younger, but it was so funny talking about home. That was what uh, brought to my mind.
1: Oh, and and that's, I I grew up with, you know, brothers and there was a bunch of us and we always shared a room. And so, I mean, you're used to, I think, being around people. And so that for you can represent a, a, you know, a sense of comfort, a sense of familiarity in that way. Um, I've lived on my own as well as with others, both roommates and, you know, romantic partners. And it's one of those things where I, I notice living on my own, it's not lonely. I mean, it, but it's, it is different than being around people you know, cause I grew up with that. So it's very familiar. So it's not, it's not uncomfortable to be by myself, but I do recognize the difference where, uh, there's sometimes and it might sound weird, but I sometimes will realize like I haven't said anything out loud for like two hours, you know. Like I I'm I'm not talking to anybody. Where in my family home, you're gonna be saying something to somebody at some point, even if it's like, no, don't change the channel, or yeah, give me something to drink, or you know, it's like there is going to be an exchange and an interaction and, and i think you get used to that so to to go from especially as a child to go from being with your siblings all the time to being in a room by yourself it can be a huge contrast
0: yeah and also even now the way um, we are for example now my children are gone and it's only me and my husband um mostly i work most of the time from home and then he's actually out so most of the day it's quiet complete quiet i don't turn on tv because i'm usually either on the zoom working with patients and doing different things having meetings and um when I go somewhere and even when my husband comes home, it's quiet time we eat or, or you know, maybe at that time uh, we start, you know, doing activities together, watching movies or different things. But when I go um, somewhere that the TV is on, the music is on, people are talking, you know, even with... Um, my some of my family's home that I visit, I, I often feel like oh my mind is not used to that. I feel like mm, it's like too, too much, much you know, yeah. it's too much noise. So yeah, it's how we get used to the quietness, and and even um, I come from a big family, but then I realize that um, how much we get used to the new situation.
1: Yeah. No, I'm the same way too. I'll go over to my parents' house and my nieces and nephews are there. And I, the joke is I could only be over there for so long because yeah, it's just like a lot of like a, a commotion. Sometimes it feels like it, the like dogs are barking, kids are yelling or they're on their iPads. And it's like the volume of them is loud. And I'm just like, okay. I, I joke with my dad. I go, you want to know what I hear when I go home? This way I tell him, I go, listen, listen, what do you hear right now? I go hear that? Nothing. nothing. All right. It's like, it's quiet. It could be as quiet as I want it to be, or as loud as I want it to be. And, And I think, again, it's, that's the other side of having grown up with siblings and always being around people. Like, I feel like I value my alone time because I never really had that. And so now that I have that, there's times where it's like, oh, that feels so good. It's like, go home and be quiet. You know, I can control the environment where to be around others. It's like, okay, you gotta, you know, it's familiar and comfortable, but then at the same time it's like, oh, okay, it's too much. Yeah. In that same way.
0: Yeah. So that's good. We have the opportunity of having both, you know, on yeah. the one hand you go back to your family's house and then you get back and appreciate your aloneness more, I'm the same way. And I, um, you know, I grew up in a uh, house that, you know, with my siblings, uh, everybody talks, and sometimes you have to talk over somebody else, mm-hmm. your voice is heard, you know, yeah. but then uh, you get to a point that, you uh, you can't even stand that much noise and crowded places uh, too much and that calmness and that aloneness is appreciated Uh, what else well let me just come up with uh, your question that you ask from you yourself so i know you mentioned that the appearance of the house or the way it's built for you is like this is dining place this is this I've been in houses that they're divided that way. And I like it too. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a different setup. It's not like, you know, uh, everything is in one big room. That's beautiful too. But my question is, what would be the most important place in the house for you?
1: Probably the most important part. I, I probably have to say the kitchen. I find myself in like the kitchen dining room area a lot. Uh, in regards to I'm either, you know, preparing food or I'm washing dishes. Um, you know, I, I think it's, or I'm, you know, at the dining table doing something. It, it feels in, in the way that my home is set up too. It's in the center of my home. So it's between the living room and between the bedroom. And it's one of those things where, yeah, I find, I, I, I always say like, I don't own a home, but if I own a home, like the second room that I'm going to remodel and refurbish is going to be the kitchen. Like I want a good size kitchen. I want it to feel comfortable. Um, you know, I feel like it's you spend so much time in your kitchen. I feel like it's so important uh, to to feel comfortable, to have it kind of set up in a way that feels good along those lines. Maybe people are wondering like, what's the first room that's most important. Um, this might sound maybe strange, but like the bathroom, like I've always wanted a huge, like walk-in shower with like the multiple shower heads. And like, I, I mean, I could take a shower for like an hour. Like it, to me, it's like relaxing and soothing. Uh, my parents actually just are getting their, their kit, their, their bathroom remodeled. And they're so excited about it. Cause it's just like, it's one of those things where it's, it's a place to like decompress, um, you know, as a, as a guy, I shave, you know, pretty frequently. So I'm having to be in the bathroom. Um, and so it's like having it set up, like even me, like I have, like I said, going back to technology. I like have speakers in my uh, bathroom so I can listen to music as I'm shaving and things like that. So for me, that's the number one space uh, because of just, you know, I enjoy taking showers, I'm shaving. Uh, but yeah, kitchen is definitely really important. It sounds like for you, I guess, kitchen based on what you've said, or is there another yeah. area that's even more? Uh, no,
0: no. Actually, you touched on something that I forgot to say. Yes. Mm. Bathroom actually is very, very important because you use uh, this space uh, for especially for women and men, you know, because um, all your uh, getting ready and, uh, you know, doing your hair, your makeup and for you guys, uh, you know, shaving and all that is in bathroom. And also the biggest space for shower, it's wonderful. As you said, you want that um, place to be, you um, pleasant so when you are taking shower and you are um, getting ready it's a pleasant place but um, I was just gonna say you talked about cooking and kitchen and dining your popularity now is gonna go up um, with our women <laughs> listener <laughs> because because they often like men who cook mm. and who mm. like to be in the kitchen yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Just
1: and give you a good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I mean, it's just, it's again, like I said, you know, growing up, you know, we were in the kitchen. Um, it's just, I, I feel like it's a, like the heart of the, the home in that way. And so to be able to be in the kitchen and cooking and I, I, I have speakers in my kitchen too. I listen to music throughout the house, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm cooking and listening to music and, you know, it's, it, it tends to feel like a, a good space to, feel enlivened and, and energized and excited as well as even just relaxing. And so to, to cook and to clean, um, it's something, you know, I'll even talk with patients about, you know, those, those things that we need to do in the house and they're not exciting or fun, but that they don't have to be, you know, uh, exhausting or draining, you know, we can make, you know, cooking, we can make cleaning the kitchen, you know, listening to music, opening the windows, letting the light in, uh, it can be part of that relaxing and nourishing ourselves, while also making sure that we're attending to the household. Uh, I always jokingly say, but it's true. A house is never done. You know, even if we clean every last inch of it, what do we end up doing? Well, eating, or going to the bathroom, or going to sleep, and you know, dirtying clothes. Like it's always alive, it's always having to be uh, attended to. So it's not about getting done and being like, okay, my house is clean, and it's going to stay that way forever. No, no, it's going to get dirty again, it should get dirty again, because you're living again, it's, it's where your life is, in so many ways, and, and giving ourselves that, uh, of, uh, you know, let's enjoy it as we're maintaining it, I find can be part of, you know, how we live our life in general, let alone how we feel in our home.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, one of the things I always tell my patient is when they complain about doing work at home and having this responsibility and that responsibility, I always say, you know what, if you do things with this in mind, that you're thankful that your body is functioning the way they are and you have your hands, your arms, your legs. You can stand, you can wash the dishes, or you can clean. These are things that when you start thinking that way it just gives you another energy rather than complaining so um, I want to talk about what you said about kitchen table and being in the kitchen when we come back because that's a part that uh, we know is famous for the kitchen table and ki- kitchen conversation hastim. Mm-hmm. Uh, برنامه شنبه ها و ی شنبه ها به زبان انگلیسی هستش و تعجب نکنین اگر صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین ما در رادیو بامداد در خدمتتون هستیم روزهای شنبه و ی شنبه از ساعت 12 تا 1 بعد از ظهر و هر روز ما به مسائل روز، مسائل روانشناسی، تازه‌هایی که به دستمون میرسه، چه از مقالات، چه از تحقیقات بچه از مسائل روزمره و کجوال زندگی صحبت می کنیم خوشحالیم که این برنامه ها رو برای مدت های طولانی ادامه دادیم اگر که سوالی دارین یا دوست دارین با ما در ارتباط باشین خواهش میکنم با راژیو بامداد تماس بگیرین و سوالتون رو بکنین خوشحال میشیم که در خدمتون باشیم We're back with Dr. Alex Andrade. Dr. Rockers is not with us today, but in a spirit, he is because we constantly think of him and his questions. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting with Dr. Alex Andrade and we are talking about home, different parts of uh, what home brings to our mind. Alex, you mentioned something about, you know, the you grew up in the kitchen was sitting at the table and when the mother or father are cooking, the kids are sitting doing their homeworks, talking, eating and the warmth in that environment where the food is being prepared, the kids are sitting doing their work, their homework parents are around to support and also to cook and get things ready. It just brings some sort of comfort, some sort of um, good emotions, and then the conversations around the table. It's always there's something in that. So that's why we always talk about kitchen table. I remember when I grew up, uh, there was a time that uh, the kitchen, we weren't in the kitchen, kitchen was close area and separate. But then uh, when I was growing up, our kitchen table was actually in the kitchen. And we could all sit and eat and talk. And there was a day that was uh, there was a door that opened to the courtyard from kitchen. And um, so sometimes we could eat and then um, rush to get out from that door it just brings so much good memories for me. And in my household, my mom was the uh, caregiver or take care of all of us and cook and always be there for us. And I remember it didn't matter what time of the day, every time we got home, my mom was in the kitchen and um, putting the food in front of us, cooking and the you know doing different things. And it's just uh, such a good memory. When you think about it, that it's a place of support is a place of gathering, is a place of warmth. Um, So just it's all about goodness.
1: Uh, Let me ask you just to to clarify, too, because I I found that we've had this in family's home and my grandparents' home at different times. There was an actual at one point there was an actual table in the kitchen, but then there was also like the dining area. And it was different because I I remember sitting at the the kitchen, the table in the kitchen, and it always felt more like intimate. It was like we were in the cooking and we were we were like right there. So it wasn't even like we were like eating a meal. It wasn't it never felt formal, like sit down. We're eating a meal. It was like. Oh, we're just eating and talking and interacting where the dining room table was more of like okay sit down um you know my my grandmother and my mom does this still sometimes too the the woman in that way will you know they won't even be sitting down like they'll be kind of going back and forth in the kitchen bringing certain things you know serving the kid oh you want more um and it's funny too because at one point i remember i was taking a woman's studies course and actually, we were, we were camping and I was taking a woman's studies course, and so I was feeling very uh, kind of, um, what's the word, advocating for women and equality and their rights. And even one of the things I said to my mom at one point, you know, she was like uh, cleaning up after uh, cooking uh, when we were camping. And I told her, I go, why, why are you doing that? Like, you shouldn't have to do that. Like as a, as a, just because you're a woman, like you shouldn't automatically have to clean and, you know, cook for us. Like it should be something where, you know, we're all old enough. And so you should make us do it and everybody chip in. And the thing that she said really kind of reflected, I think culture, but then also to kind of that contribution as, as a mother, and even as a woman, I think, in some regards, she said, you know, that's one way that I give to my family. That's one way that I take care of my family. And so, <clears throat> to hear her, you know, kind of, you know, connect with that as a way to show love and care um, was really, you know, really impactful. I'm feeling a little emotional as I say that right now. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> um, it just—it's so—it it, just—it's—it's it's so like giving in that way that I think sometimes, you know, if you look on just the outside of oh, well, you know, you're making, uh, you know, the woman's having to cook and she's having to clean and like, you know, you're forcing her to do that. I think it's one of those things as as a, as a man who's attempting to be woke or a person who's attempting to be progressive, you know, we can forget too that, you know, culturally, emotionally, um, you know, that can give so much to a person. So I think it's important to ask a person what that is for them. Um, and support them in a way where you're just assuming maybe that it's negative where it kind of takes away.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, Alex, uh, you keep uh, taking your popularity higher and higher by (laughs) the two things you mentioned today. One was the uh, women's study and then realizing (laughs) that, uh, you know, all of that, plus your emotions you know it's wonderful uh, uh i'm just telling you so that you know how many points you have today
1: <laughs> well, i appreciate that i do try to practice what i preach and be in touch with my emotions uh you know uh i think it's something that men need to do more of in general but uh while still being able to you know um you don't have to be you know sensitive to express your emotions or uh, yeah i think it's one of those things where yeah. it's out of love and respect you know that that emotion kind of came up for me today because Yeah, again, even just thinking of the idea of a home and what you know, uh, you know, everybody in that home contributes, I think is so important. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's not, I think we can stereotype and label things as good or bad or right or wrong, or, you know, men's, men's responsibility or women's responsibility versus it being and this is something I encourage a lot of my male patients, like, let's, let's look at it as a household, how can we all contribute to the household, we may find that yeah, maybe stereotypically, without even realizing it, we've taken on certain duties. I always kind of joke with people like, at what point does the couple vote like, okay, I'm in charge of the garage and you're in charge and, and the yard and you're in charge of the kitchen and the house. Like nobody ever takes a vote on that. It just, yeah. A lot of times couples will find like, oh my God, I'm taking on these stereotypical kind of house, you know, uh, routines. Uh, even people who are very progressive, I've had couples be like, yeah, you know, we we got married, we talked about how we were going to raise our children and how we we're going to, you know, live our life as, as two people who love and respect each other and encourage people in their own individual um, careers and, and you know, not make it where we're, you know, falling into these gender stereotypes. But then one person's mad because the person didn't clean the garage. and It's like, okay, well, hold on. Like you guys didn't, you didn't plan for that to happen, but it happens.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, the other thing I was going to say, when you said uh, the kitchen table and the dining table is separate, again, that brings, you know, there is a difference between intimacy in the house, and where the formal dining table is, it's more like for the guests, but we eat intimately in the kitchen so it's the same even nowadays you have a little area mostly in the kitchen that it's more intimate it's close, uh, is close uh, is closeness and the family members eat there but then you have an area that is called the dining table for the guests so guests uh, we also wanted to talk about the open house uh opening our um, home to others and uh It's just uh, a lot of it is to do with the culture and the personality and character of a person. Some people are more extrovert. uh, Some are introvert. There's nothing wrong with uh, neither or there's no privilege of having this and that. But some people are more into themselves and they prefer they spend time Alone or with their loved ones and a few people, and some people their heart wants everybody at the same time. They usually like throw parties. They like to invite people. They like to, you know, just give their 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 whole self by cooking by. And seeing the enjoyment in others, you know, so it's just a different way of uh, greeting people, different way of inviting people into your home, basically into your heart, because the home is basically your heart too. So there's a saying in our language that we say, um, Del Boz, that means someone whose heart is open to people, or dasto del Boz. that means someone who is generous, and the generosity is not only by monetary, but also you open your heart as well. So there's so many beautiful things in different cultures when it comes to guests, when it comes to greeting people, opening your heart, opening your house to them.
1: Yeah. And along those lines, it sounds like that's something that you find yourself wanting to do. Like you kind of joked earlier with uh, conversations with your husband that, you know, sometimes even think of how maybe something addition to your home will, you know, uh, benefit uh, those guests. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to be in your home and yeah, you you have a a very inviting home in that way. And I think it's something too, where to to allow people in our home is very personal in that way. I, I find I'm I'm not as open to that, like in regards to it has to be somebody I kind of know and trust and feel comfortable with. Um, And so it's not something I do very, uh, very early or very initially. Um Also, too, I feel like I'm a little particular. So like even like the I, I, I don't wear shoes in the house. And so I do have that conversation with somebody like, hey, like, you know, I appreciate, you know, you take your shoes off. And I feel like if you don't know somebody so well, like that can feel like a strange request. Um So it's just like, for me, that's one of the things it's like, what's, what's it like to have somebody in my home, let alone, you know, start having those conversations about what I prefer in my home and what I don't. Um, But yeah, I, I, I like the idea too. And I think this is like my family home, the idea that like everybody gets together, um, you know, somebody entertains, I find there's some, some one person usually in the family who's really good at it. It sounds like you're that person in the family who, who's either good at it or really likes it.
0: Oh, (laughs) well, first of all, I appreciate what you said about uh, me and the the home and invitation to come to my house. But also, I was just going to say, Alex, maybe you barefoot um, at the home, you're barefitted because um, you're tall. Imagine someone who is not that tall likes to have their shoes on. (laughs)
1: i'm just joking no 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 yeah it's uh yeah the comfort and i always think cleanliness too because it's like you're yeah. and, and during COVID they were talking about that too like you know taking your shoes off and leaving wow. them so yeah. i think it just spoke even more to like you know you For me, it's like, again, that idea, maybe like a safe place or a comfortable place. Like you don't want to bring the dirt of the outside into your home and like spread it all around, you know, and so um, or I'm just a clean freak, one of the two. I don't know. But yeah,
0: (laughs) no, actually, this is great. You know, I just usually see that people do that, especially in different cultures and It was really customary in our culture, too, that people would take off their shoes. Even nowadays, sometimes you see people who say, well, can I just walk with my shoes? Um, Well, it's actually so great that you do that. Because after COVID, we realized that we all are trying to practice this. And some people actually, they continue doing that because we know you come from different places and you bring every dirt to your home. Uh, So, yeah. And then one of the things I have to say about Mexican culture is cleanness. And I always talk about that. Even in my classroom, every time I pass by people from Mexican background, I shouldn't really specify this but they always smelled good the smell of detergent on their clothes you could pass by and you could smell and when we went to a couple of trips that we went to mexico even though people were freaking out uh, during COVID or even now because of the boost that you need to have in order to go on a trip but we went to mexico and uh Everything was so clean. You go to coffee shop, people are wearing those net on their head so that their hair is not on the way when they're making Mm -hmm. coffee. You go to restaurant, everybody has masks. You know, the the cleanness everywhere we went, they had this. They were um, practicing the hygiene um, processes and the everywhere was sanitizer, gloves um, to wear masks they were offering. I was so um, actually impressed by the way they were following the rules of cleanness and um, hygiene. And I even mentioned, I said, when we go to restaurants or we go to places where we were. I felt so comfortable eating there because you could see how much they're following the processes of cleanness. So that's great. And I think it's part of your culture.
1: I think the, the the thing that resonates with me with that is that it's, it's about pride and taking pride in even sometimes the little that you have. And that's something I know has definitely been encouraged in my family is, you know, we may not have much, but you know, you work hard, you take care of what you get, you know, you'd you be proud of those things that you have. Um, and be grateful for those. And so you take care of things, and you appreciate the things that you have. So it's not about having a lot or having the most, but still, you know, uh, taking ownership of that. And that includes, I think, you know, being clean, being organized in that way. Yeah. Um, like any family, you know, the house can get dirty and cluttered and messy and things like that. But yeah, there's definitely that idea too. If people are coming over. You know, we got to clean up, you know, so it's like you got to take pride in that knowing that family is coming or people are coming. And so it's just like, yeah, cleaning and organizing. Uh, Growing up, it was a weekly thing as well as even uh, at, at, you know, not daily as well, but, you know, weekly you know being woken up on a saturday morning as a teenager and being told to you got to start cleaning and organizing and then if somebody was coming over you know we all had to do something to to chip into the household so yeah
0: that's so nice yeah that uh, just builds that uh, uh, character in you as well so it's important so um i don't know how we are doing with time and i gotta
1: take one more break and then uh, come, break back, and
0: you know. come back okay with Dr. Alex Andrade. And uh, we are finalizing our conversation. And I start with Dr. Andrade.
1: Well, uh, before we wrap up, I did want to mention one thing. I think we talked about opening up our home. And we kind of briefly touched on this idea too, that it's okay to maybe be introvert and be more of a homebody. And I just wanted to maybe share something quickly on that uh, idea. I think it's People will say oh, i'm a homebody i'm a homebody and i think it relates to that idea too not necessarily being introverted but more of finding you know a lot of comfort um a lot of you know recharge in having you know being in our space in that way i've always kind of been of the mindset like i'm willing to invest more in my home like pay you know more rent and things like that and you know even the the you know furniture and things like that that I purchase I'm willing to spend more money there than spending less and having money to go out and into the world because I feel like I want to be comfortable in my home uh, I know I'm going to be here for you know uh, you know hours at times as well as even you know at the end of the day wanting a place that feels comfortable and and kind of re helps me recharge and so. I'm I am i am I would say I'm like 50/50 50, 50 a homebody. I can I can be home for long periods of time and I can feel really good about that. Um but I definitely do have to like get out at least once a day and do something. Um I found like when I lived in Chicago and the weather was really bad, like if I was indoors all day, if I knew it like if I was ready for it, I can plan to stay home all day and be okay, but if, you know, there was a huge storm or something like that, and I was stuck in the house for a couple of days, like I'd get a little restless. And so uh, I know I'm not a true homebody in that way, but I can definitely have that experience. What about you? Do you feel like you're a homebody in some ways? Or how do you define a homebody?
0: I think after the COVID, I became the homebody. (laughs) But before that, I was used to being out all the time, because in my daily work and in my uh, office for seeing patients and in uh, socializing, uh, going to restaurants. It was just all outside. But after COVID, everything switched. And I think now most people are homebody. I've talked to several people who were working and being out and eating out, now they were talking about they love it and they're mostly home. Uh, They hardly go to restaurants even because they're so comfortable at home. Their eating habits has changed. And we have also a friend who lost 30 pounds just by not going to restaurants, not socializing so much after COVID or during COVID. And the drinking was pretty much eliminated because when you socialize, you drink more. So he actually lost 30 pounds. And and I was talking to him and his wife, and they both were saying, you know, and even the wife has lost some weight, but they said they had never had this opportunity to cook at home to eat they said well at least three four times during the week they were eating out in the restaurants but now they're eating at home and um very healthy and not drinking and and all of that so yeah that is happening and it's um you know, I am becoming homebody.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that COVID's changed the world in that way. So but yeah, going back to your question in regards to uh, kind of what the message we want to leave leave for listeners before we wrap up, uh, I would just say, you know, kind of look at, you know, look at your space. And I think first and foremost, again, you know, be grateful, be proud of it. You know, uh, I think it's one of those things where we want to use that space in a way that suits us, that gives to us. And so if there's been some, you know, rearranging or some decorating that you've been wanting to do, and it doesn't even have to be costly or expensive. I mean, sometimes it's just even organizing things a little bit more and, um, you know, even tidying up a little bit more and, you know, look at how much that can give you. I think it's, you know, there's a saying sometimes, you know, if our, if our space is cluttered and maybe it's a reflection of our mind. And so if we can, attend to our space, make sure it's giving to us in the way that we want it to, um, you know, psychologically, emotionally, um, even physically, if we move some things around, it can make us feel a, a whole lot better. So we don't have to add a lot or spend a lot of money sometimes to to make a change that gives us something such as that. What about you, Saide?
0: Yeah, I want to say, you know, uh make your home pleasant and as you said i want to reiterate that you know sometimes we can just go to the backyard and cut a couple of flowers and put it in the vase and put it in the kitchen where we mostly pass by and we see it put the music on a lot of times uh, you know even during COVID, i learned that that even when i'm cooking my laptop is on the kitchen um, counter And sometimes I just exercise while I'm standing up and while I'm watching what I'm cooking and and doing the work I'm doing, but also moving, you know, so just use the time at home however you do, make it more pleasant for yourself. And then, as you said, Alex, sometimes we need to be out as well to smell the flowers outside to see other people around. I have the opportunity to go and walk my dogs a couple of times, at least two, three times a day. So I am actually fortunate because of them. I just go out and and I take him for a walk. So if you do that then you come back home make sure if you're in alex's home take off your shoes <laughs> <Walk>. <laughs> with clean feet so no it's that's a joke but seriously it's so important to make your home a pleasant place and with that i want to wish you a great sunday We miss Dr. Rockers, and I want to thank my friend and my colleague, Dr. Alexandra, for another session. We come back next Saturday, and uh, we say goodbye to all of you listeners, wherever you are in the world. قلبی که کوه اما شکست است شکست است باور کن دستام و باور که ساغه نوازشه باور
1: کن چشم من با قصید خواهش
0: بس بسه یه
1: عاشق شدن التخاب لحظه ها
0: حسرت فریاد کردن اسم کسی با صدام اسم تو هر اسمی که هست مثل قزم چه عاشقان است قربت وسه مثل صفر مثل قربت صادقان